Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pokedex Radio Podcast by Flashlight Studios. My name is Gabriel, and today is Thursday, July 23rd, 2009. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about IV breeding. Some people call it IV training, but in essence, it's actually just a lot of breeding. But before we get to the news, before we get to the main topic, I would like to shed some light on a contest that we're having here at the Pokedex Radio. Some of you have already entered into the contest because I mentioned it in episode 8. Well, I actually mentioned it back in, I think, episode 5, but I really uh, elaborated on it in episode 8, and that's when a lot of you heard about it. The contest is uh, to make a logo for the Pokedex Radio podcast, but there are some rules. The picture has to be 300 by 300 pixels. Uh, it has to be in JPEG format. You cannot use official Nintendo or Pokemon artwork. You cannot use other people's artwork found on the internet. One of you went ahead and used the uh, the Pokemon font uh, that you can find. Uh, it's open source on the internet. That's okay. To use the Pokemon font is fine. But if you want to use any other font, that's okay too. More than one entry is acceptable, so that's okay. Uh, the deadline for this contest is August 31st, 2009. All of the artwork, all of the logos you guys sent in, will be put up on the website. And uh, whoever's is voted best, the winner will be sent a Wishmaker Jirachi from the Coliseum bonus disc. Uh, the winner will be sent an email with my friend code uh, and information so we can make the trade. And again, the deadline for this contest is August 31st, 2009 uh, to send in all your entries. That's it for the contest. Now let's get into the news. Our first article today that we're going to be talking about is about the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games for the Wii. Uh, these games are for WiiWare, downloadable content on the Wii. These games are going to go on sale in Japan on August 4th, and they're going to be co- and they're going to cost 1,200 Wii points each. So that's 3,600 Wii points or 36 dollars for the three games. Our next article is about new Pokemon cards. The set is called Platinum Supreme Victors. These cards will go on sale August 18th. Our next article is about distribution dates for the UK Regigigas. Uh, it's revealed that it's going to be between August 25th to September 6th in England. Um, I'll put the article up in the show notes because there's a couple of places. Uh, one of them is the uh, Sunderland Air Show. N- uh, the next one is the Nottingham River Festival. And it goes on from there. There's uh, there's actually eight locations that they're going to be at uh, uh, distributing Regigigas. So that's it for the news. Now on to the main topic of IV breeding. Now before we get to the topic of IV breeding, you want to ask yourself, are you going to be using your Pokemon for competitive battling? If not, then you're probably not going to need to IV breed. Unless you're going to go through the battle tower, then it's probably a good choice to go ahead and try to IV breed your Pokemon and then EV train them. Other than that, if you're just playing with some friends just for fun, then you're probably not going to need to IV breed. But if you are battling competitively, then you're going to need to IV breed and then EV train your Pokemon. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, usually when somebody talks about IVs or individual values, the first question is, What are IVs? IVs, like I said, stand for individual values. They're also hidden values. 
just like EVs. Uh, IVs are decided upon capture when you catch the Pokemon, or when you get the egg of the of the baby Pokemon, and they cannot be changed in any way. The individual values of a Pokemon range anywhere from 0 to 31, and are applied to each stat, attack, speed, special defense, defense, special attack, and HP, meaning every stat can have a value of anywhere between 0 and 31, and it's different for each stat, unless sometimes it might be the same for certain stats. Since each stat has a value between 0 and 31, obviously having a higher number is better, meaning once your Pokemon is at level 100, its stat, whichever number IV it has, is going to be higher by that amount of points. Let me try to explain that a little bit. For example, let's say I have a, a Tyranitar at level 100 that has 0 IVs in attack. His attack stat, by the time it gets to level 100, has 0 IVs, is 369. Let's say I have a second Tyranitar, a perfect clone of, this, of the first one. Okay, Except, the second Tyranitar has 31 IVs in attack. The second Tyranitar, once it's at level 100, its attack stat is 403. Now compare that to the original Tyranitar, with an attack stat of only 369. It's a big difference. Okay. Now, again, in contrast with EVs, if you remember from the EV episode, I said that every four effort value points equals one stat point by the time it gets to level 100. There's a difference in IVs. IVs, each IV point equals one stat point by the time it reaches level 100. So when you see a Pokemon that has, let's say, 25 IVs, that means it's most likely going to have just about 25 extra stat points in whatever stat by the time it reaches level 100. Then a Pokemon that would have zero IVs in that specific stat. Now, unlike EVs, which are able to track and keep a, a count of, IVs are different. The only way to check what IVs a specific Pokemon has is by bringing that Pokemon up to level 100 without having any EVs. Okay? There are ways of bringing the Pokemon to level 100 without actually giving it 100 rare candies, which is obviously going to be very hard to find and will take quite a while. The way to check them is you would either need a friend, or if you have two DS systems and two different Pokemon games, you go ahead and you battle yourself over Wi-Fi and make sure the rules are set so all the Pokemon are raised to level 100. From there, you go ahead, you check each Pokemon you check each Pokemon's stats at level 100 and write them all down. Then you can go ahead and determine with an IV calculator, which I'll give a, a link to a, an IV calculator, on what the Pokemon's stats will be. Now, on the IV calculator, once you have the level 100 Pokemon stats with no EVs, once you have their stats, you can go ahead, you can input it into the IV calculator. And uh, it asks for how many EVs the Pokemon has. You put zero in, in, in each slot for how many EVs. And you go ahead and you hit calculate. And there's some other stuff I think you have to fill in as well. And with that, you can check what your IVs are. And the best IVs, obviously, are 31. So you're going to want to have Pokemon with, with high IV points. Um, usually, I prefer anything higher than 27 or even 27 at the lowest. But usually, I don't go any lower than that. Now, there is a way to influence IVs uh, by breeding. When you have a Pokemon and then you know it's and you know it's IVs, and let's say 
that Pokemon has, let's say you're raising a Pokemon to have high attack stat and a high speed stat, okay? But you have two different Pokemon, one that has 31 IVs in attack and another one that has 31 IVs in speed. IVs are inherited by the baby from the parents of the Pokemon. Let's say you have two Charmander. One has 31 attack IVs, and the second one has 31 speed IVs. When you breed them, it is possible that it will inherit, that the baby Pokemon, the baby Charmander, will inherit three random of the IV, of the parents' IVs. And since there's six stats, there are now 12 IVs that it could have inherited. Either the, the, the father's HP stat, the mother's HP stat, the mother's attack stat, or the mother or the father's attack stat, and it goes on that way. And let's say the uh, attack stat for the male Charmander is 30, and you want it to have, and you want the baby to have that 30, you'll have to breed quite a few times to go ahead and try to influence those attack stats. Um, I know that might might be a little bit confusing, the way I'm explaining it, but breeding does influence what IVs your Pokemon will have. And let's say both parents have zero IVs, it is possible that your that the baby Pokemon will inherit three of those zeros. You know, it could be in any stat. So it's better off to breed with Pokemon that have high IV stats. But unless you get a Pokemon that you that you would like with high IV stats, you won't need to breed it anymore unless you just want to make a bunch of, you know, strong Pokemon of that one species of Pokemon. Now, I know IVs may be a little bit confusing, and I apologize if I wasn't able to explain it as well as it needed to be explained, but you can always go ahead and send me an email asking any questions that you need about anything on the show that I've said, you know, any questions, any comments on something that I said. Maybe uh, I mentioned something that's wrong. If you want to go ahead and correct me, send me an email, and I'll read the email on the show and then correct what I had said before. But that's it about the topic of IV breeding. Now let's get on to the Pokemon of the episode. Who's that Pokemon? Our Pokemon of the episode this time is Pokemon number 462, Magnezone. Magnezone is a Pokemon that came out in the fourth generation of Pokemon in the Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum series. Its, its first form is a Magnemite which evolves at level 30 to a Magneton, and then evolves during a level up uh, in Mount Coronet, meaning all you need to have is a Magneton and bring it up one level while battling inside Mount Coronet. Magnezone is an electric and steel-type Pokemon. It has a chance of getting one of two different abilities. Its first ability that it might have is Magnet Pull. Magnet Pull traps steel-type Pokemon, meaning a... When you're in battle, if your opponent sends in a Steel-type Pokemon, or you battle against a wild Steel-type Pokemon, it will not be able to flee or be called back to its trainer. And its second ability is Sturdy. What Sturdy does is the Pokemon is unaffected by one-hit knockout moves. Magnezone's base stats are HP 70, Attack 70, Defense 115, Special Attack 130, Special Defense 90, and Speed 60. Special Attack is very good, as well as its defense. But that's it for the Pokemon of the episode. Now let's get to the question of the episode and emails. The question of the episode, 
last time was, what is your favorite baby Pokemon? My answer was that I didn't have a favorite, but I dislike Smoochum. Just for one reason or another, I just don't like Smoochum. Now, as usual, some of you went ahead and sent in an email, you know, obviously replying to the question. Uh, our first emailer is Mike. Uh, Mike, you responded by saying, uh, my favorite baby Pokemon is Tyrogue. I tried to get a Hitmontop in all of the games and finally got one in Diamond. To be honest with you, Tyrogue is very cool. I do like Tyrogue a lot, too. And Hitmontop, for me at least, was one of the hardest Pokemon to get back in the Gold and Silver days. Uh, I still don't think I have a Hitmontop in any of my games that I've gotten on my own. I've had to trade with friends to go ahead and get a Hitmontop, just because I don't want to go through the process of making sure its attack and defense are the exact same before, you know, getting to level 20, and then evolving into a Hitmontop. Uh, our next emailer is Aaron. Um, Aaron, we were kind of having a little talk, uh, at least, you know, between the show and email, about another person that had uh, the move Dig on their Jolteon. And I, uh, I went ahead and asked, uh, e even though Dig is a good move to have on a Jolteon to counter other Electric-type Pokemon, that's a two-turn move, so they'll be able to switch out uh, while your Pokemon is underground. And you said, uh, yes, you're totally right. I haven't used Dig in so long, I forgot it was a two-turn move. So yeah, uh, thankfully we were able to, you know, resolve that, because I was a little confused, and I'm sure you were a little confused at the same time. Uh, I even did ask a question to you guys just to clarify something about uh, effort value training. Because I didn't know about the Poker Rust, because I've never had it. The Pokemon Virus. You said the Poker Rust does double whatever the final total is, including EVs and the held item. So, my example I kept using in the last episode was battling against a Pidgey. You went ahead and used the same example. So you said, if you fight a Pidgey with a Power Anklet, which gives four effort value points to speed, and you have the Poker Rust, you'll get ten EVs by the end. Pidgey is 1 EV towards speed, Power Anklet is 4, so 1 plus 4 is 5, and you have the Poker Rust, 5 times 2 is 10. So uh, thank you for that clarification. You even gave a suggestion, as for a new segment on the show, it might be cool to battle someone over Wi-Fi and narrate the battle on the show, going through my strategy point by point, and including what I expect the other trainer to do. Um, that sounds good. If I did decide to go ahead and do that, that would be more of a of a YouTube sort of thing, better off in video, to actually see what's going on, because actually listening to it um, obviously won't be as exciting as watching the battle take place. That is a good idea, though. I'll keep that in mind. So thanks, Aaron, for your email. Our next emailer was Jeremy. Jeremy said, My favorite Pokemon, my favorite baby Pokemon, are a tie between Pichu and Bonsly. You said, I like Pichu because it was one of my favorite Pokemon in Super Smash Bros. Melee. Thanks, Jeremy, for your email. Our next emailer is Rob. Rob says, hey, Gabriel, I've only just started listening to the Pokedex radio, and I love it. You're doing a great job. Also, just letting you know, at the moment, 4,800 yen is around 50 USD, U.S. currency. But USD doesn't hold as much against the yen as it used to, so Soul Silver and Heart Gold will probably be 40 to $45. Another question I had asked during the last episode was, you know, what does 4,800 yen account to in U.S. currency? And you said around $50, which is what I had in mind to what the games would be because, you know, it comes with the game, and on top of that, it comes with the Pokemon Walker, the Heart Gold and Soul Silver games. So, yeah, roughly, you know, anywhere between $40, $45 was my idea also, even though I didn't say it on the show. Um, that's what my thoughts were. So thanks, Rob, for sending us uh, an email. And our next email is from, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing this wrong, uh, Amin, I guess. I really love the podcast. My favorite baby Pokemon would be Elekid, 
since I always liked Electabuzz and all of its evolutions. Thanks for your email, uh, I mean. And again, I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Now, a question of the episode for next time, since the next episode is our 10th episode, and it's a good landmark to hit, and since, we're, or, since we are relatively new, obviously we only have 9 episodes out right now, and next one's our 10th, I would like to know how you guys found out about the Pokedex Radio podcast. Uh, did you find it through iTunes or the Zoom Marketplace? Did you find it out while just searching around uh, Google for Pokemon podcasts? Did you hear it from somebody, uh, maybe, a, maybe a friend of yours or in a forum? You know, I would like to know how you guys found out about us. And also, if you have any suggestions, um, maybe for a topic of the of an episode, or for, you know, maybe a segment in the show, you know, to change things up instead of having the, you know, the same couple of segments each each time, uh, or even for a, a different podcast or even a YouTube. I know I've been asking this for you know a couple episodes now. If I would if I were to do another YouTube, if I were to do a YouTube or another podcast, you know, what should it be about? I was actually thinking of doing something maybe like a, a rant, you know, maybe for either a podcast or, or YouTube videos. A topic I was actually thinking of doing, if I did decide to start doing it, was, um, you know, kind of something, you know, for kids versus old cartoons. How if you look at all the animes and stuff nowadays that are translated uh, into English, um, a lot of them are by four kids or some even by like Viz Media and stuff like that. They're edited a lot, and there's even jokes about it on the internet. If you subscribe to the Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged series, they make a lot of jokes about, you know, how four kids pretty much destroyed a lot of animes. And uh, compared to old cartoons, I was actually watching Tom and Jerry the other day, because there was nothing else on TV, and they were playing with guns and stuff. And you see on the cartoons these days, on the, at least on animes, they edit out all the guns, and they make it look like the person is pointing at you. Or they make the guns like laser guns or something. So uh, I was thinking of, you know, maybe arguing about that, um, a little rant on, you know, four kids versus old cartoons and how things have gotten so uh, sheltered these days, you know, trying to keep a lot of things out of, you know, the minds of children. But you see, as you see before, there was guns in Tom and Jerry or even in um, Bugs Bunny and stuff like that. And those are the kinds of things you just don't see that much on TV these days. Even shows like Tom and Jerry and Bugs Bunny, they don't show them as much on TV anymore. Unless you have, you know, a specific, like, premium channel like Boomerang from the Cartoon Network. They show a lot of uh, uh, old cartoons there, like the Flintstones and stuff like that. That's just an idea. You know, if you'd like to hear maybe a, you know, my little argument against it, I could probably go ahead and make, like, a two-minute rant or a couple of minutes rant, and I'll put it in the next episode, you know, just as a, a preview to what might come up next. So let me know if you want to hear that. Or if you have any ideas or something I could do, you know, as a um, second podcast or even a YouTube, you know, let me know. Uh, send all your emails to flashlightstudios at gmail.com. Uh, send any uh, comments, questions about the episode, any remarks that uh, uh, I might have said that were wrong. Uh, I'll go ahead and correct it on the next episode. Um, like I did with uh, with Aaron's email, you know, I had a question about, you know, EVs and he went ahead and he uh, clarified that for me. And don't forget to enter into the contest if you would like to. Again, the prize for the contest, if you do win, will be a, a Wishmaker Jirachi from the Coliseum bonus disc, uh, as well as we're going to use your logo for the Pokedex Radio podcast from now on, until I probably have another contest or if I decide to use something different. But I will use it for at least a few episodes, you know, uh, or even I might use it for the remainder of the Pokedex Radio podcast, however long we last for. But again, our email address is flashlightstudios at gmail.com. And as you guys know, you can find all the articles mentioned in this episode and more at pokedexradio.blogspot.com. 
There you can find all the articles I said in the show, other articles that didn't make the show, question of the episode, the Pokemon of the episode, and even our email address uh, if you're not able to hear me correctly on the show. Um, you're able to find everything there. You're able to even download us from there. Uh, you can you know, even copy the link, put it into your iTunes, put it into your Zoom Marketplace, whatever you would like, to go ahead and subscribe to us. And if you have any friends that like Pokemon or would like to hear me talk about Pokemon, go ahead, let them let them know about the podcast, let them listen to an episode if they would like to, and then tell them to subscribe. So I guess that's it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. My name is Gabriel, telling you to live, laugh, and catch them all. And we'll see you guys next time.